War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It's Friday, and we have some polling numbers. I'm going to start off. CD2 Race, Congressional District 2. Alan Fung, former Cranston mayor, has the lead, but it is within the margin of error. So he does have the lead, six points. But basically... It is a dead heat. Let's hear the story. Channel 12, their poll. Results from our exclusive 12 News Roger Williams University poll. In just over a month, voters will decide who will replace outgoing Congressman Jim Langevin. Our poll shows if that election were held today, 46% of likely voters would choose Republican Alan Fung. 40% say Democrat Seth Magaziner. 4% say moderate William Gilbert and 9% aren't sure. The poll comes with a margin of error of 6.2%. Let's get right to 12 News reporter Tim White to break down the results. Tim? It's important to note that while Alan Fung has a six-point lead over Seth Magaziner in our poll, that is within the margin of error. So our political analyst says this race is wide open. Nationally, Republicans are optimistic they can flip the U.S. House of Representatives back into their control. A race or an island could be one of the keys. 12 News political analyst and pollster Joe Fleming says our exclusive poll of Rhode Island voters in the 2nd Congressional District shows Republican Alan Fung winning with men, Democrat Seth Magaziner with women, but one group of voters jumped off the page. Tim, right now, Alan Fung is getting almost 25% of the Democratic voters. What do you make of that? I make, you know, if he, if he goes on to that 25%, he's going to be a decent position because normally... You know, Republicans don't get a quarter of the Democratic vote. I mean, Seth Magaziner is only getting 10% of the Republican vote. Fleming says the Magaziner campaign will likely put more energy in the coming weeks into winning back the Democratic voters who are crossing party lines in this survey. But again, at the same time, if I set Magaziner looking at these numbers, I'm going to say, well, I can do things over the next four weeks to get the Democratic voters to come back home to me. And with a margin of error of 6.2% and 9% undecided, Fleming says the race to replace Congressman Jim Langevin is a toss-up. Technically, this race is within the margin of error. 6% means it's still fairly close. Anything could happen. Now, when it comes to what Rhode Islanders care about, most voters in the 2nd Congressional District, 42%, say cost of living is their single most important issue this election year. A distant second is abortion with 14%. Coming up new at 6, I'll have the results in the hotly contested race for governor between Democratic incumbent Dan McKee and Republican challenger Ashley Kalis. Tim White, 12 News. Now, so the numbers in CD2 basically have stayed the same. That is the same. Uh, Magazine is putting everything into, they think, 
that abortion is going to be the single issue. But the issue that seemingly is resonating more is that of the just cost of living, how expensive things are. So Fung is in a very, very good position, folks. It's going to be a tight race. That is going to come down to the very end. They have not hit the debate stage yet. Uh, now, 9% undecided. Fung at 46. Undecideds normally break for the challenger. But they're both challengers in this. But right now, Magazine is in office, and Fung is not. And the seat was held by a Democrat. I think you could certainly make the argument that Fung is going to get more of the undecideds. However, then you could also argue that why would people be undecided about him? They've, they've already known him and gotten to know him over the past you know, number of years. So, But let's just say they split the undecideds. With this poll, that still puts Fung above 50%. If he could grab 4 or 5% of the undecideds, that puts him above 50%. There is a third party here, Bill Gilbert, but unknown which, which party he's taking from. And I'm not sure he's going to be included in all the debates. So I don't know if someone says just a lot of times the, the third party is, it really becomes like a protest vote. Right, it becomes the protest vote. But magaz magazine is also lying about what their or his packs are about what Fung is going to do. I mean, it's outright lies. I also think Fung has not gone negative in magazine. Or magazine still has some room where people could go against him. Everything right now is on the is seemingly on the economy. So a month ago. Former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, I, I think they, you know, they've come this far. This is the second poll they've been in the lead. That will help funding for him. It also causes panic within the Democrat side and Seth Magaziner. I think the, the um, a couple interesting things you heard about that, 25%. Fung is getting 25% uh, of Democrats are voting for him. And I think that because he his... He is a moderate Republican, and that is helping him certainly in places like, obviously, Cranston, but also Warwick, Johnston, West Warwick. Men are with Fung. Magazine is doing better with women. I tend to think that they could, in fact, be because of these misleading abortion ads. Now, as far as the race for governor, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, a couple things about this poll. Obviously, he's in the lead. Ashley Kalis has really got a port on the final month. 45 to 32. But there's 15% undecided. That's still a pretty healthy number. And I don't think those undecideds are going to him. And the amount of people that think the state's headed in the wrong direction is pretty, is very, very eye-opening. Let's hear, this is the uh, latest poll now, the race for governor. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Shannon Heggie. As we first told you at five, the race to replace outgoing Congressman Jim Langevin is tight. Our poll shows if the election were held today, 46% of likely voters would choose Republican Alan Fung, 40% say Democrat Seth Magaziner, 9% aren't sure. Now that result comes with a margin of error of 6.2%. Now the results in the race for governor, 12 News reporter Tim White is here with those exclusive details. With just over four weeks to the election, our poll finds that Democratic incumbent Dan McKee has a double-digit lead over Republican Ashley Kalis. Our poll finds if the election were held today, 45% of likely voters choose McKee. Kalis gets 32%, with independents Paul Rihanna, Zachary Hurwitz, and Elijah Gizzarelli all in the low single digits. 15% of voters say they aren't sure. Not bad for a year and a half. The airways are flooded with negative campaign ads in the governor's race. Out of touch. 
first quarter bumped the unfavorable numbers up. 12 News pollster and political analyst Joe Fleming says those ads are shaping voters' opinions of the candidates. Our exclusive 12 News Roger Williams University poll found 45% of likely voters had a favorable opinion of Dan McKee, while 36% view him unfavorably, and 19% don't have an opinion about the governor. With Ashley Kalis, 33% have a favorable opinion, 32% are unfavorable, 35% aren't sure. But six months ago, no one knew who she was. She started at zero in this poll. Usually when someone's running for governor, they have a base to start with. She did not have that. So she's moved up. Fleming says McKee is winning handedly with women, Kalis, with independent voters, but she needs to improve there if she wants to win the race. Well, that's where she has to really make inroads. She has to increase that independent voter number. She's at 42%. She needs to bring that well over 50%. One area Fleming says the campaigns will continue to hammer the cost of living. 42% of voters in our poll identified that as the number one issue for them in this election. A distant second, abortion at 14%, followed by education, health care, taxes, and public safety. Again, McKee is leading Kalis in our poll by 13 points with 15% undecided. Another major topic on the campaign trail is public funding for the controversial soccer stadium in Pawtucket. We asked voters how they felt about that, and we'll bring you those results on 12 News at 10 and 11. Tim White, 12 News. So Dan McKee is at 45%. Governor McKee is at 45%. The question is just how much... Is, can he get to 50%? I don't know if he can get to 50%. She certainly has room to grow. 15% have decided. She's at 32. Now, their first debate, I don't know how she's going to do. She's never debated before. He's not in a great position, but he's in a better position than her. There's also, we're going to play. People are not, people do not want this soccer stadium. People do not want this Pawtucket soccer stadium, which they also pulled, by the way. Kalis needs to really hammer that home. And that is something that... Th there's several issues that I believe she has room to go in that they have not exploited in the, that the, in the Democrat primary. One of those bonuses for the state workers. Two, I still, I believe, this business that Massachusetts, they're going to vote on whether or not illegals get a driver's license. We'll see if Kalis even brings that up. I think it's an issue. Let's hear. Now, this is the latest, though. People do not want this $60 million soccer stadium. Governor McKee's the one that voted. He was the key vote to get it over the finish Governor, line. The controversial soccer stadium project in Pawtucket, it's set to be funded with at least $60 million in taxpayer money. And our poll finds with just over four weeks to go until Election Day, the proposal is widely unpopular with the voters. 12 News reporter Tim White is here with the exclusive findings. We asked more than 400 likely voters if they support or oppose public funding for the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium. A majority, 56% say they oppose the plan, while 31% support it and 12% aren't sure. Our political analyst says these numbers could be a headache for incumbent Governor Dan McKee. In July, Governor Dan McKee cast the tie-breaking vote to greenlight a new state funding plan for a waterfront soccer stadium in Pawtucket, bringing the taxpayer tap of the facility to at least $60 million. And there's going to be a number of jobs in that project, and we're going to keep the economy rolling. Republican challenger Ashley Kalis has been an outspoken critic of the project. There's nothing that suggests that this is going to work out well. And our 12 News Roger Williams University poll shows a majority of voters agree with Kalis and oppose public funding for the stadium. You look at these numbers and ouch. It's sinking. <laughs> 12 News political analyst and pollster Joe Fleming says every subgroup of voters gives the stadium plan a hearty thumbs down. Strong opposition among males, 59% oppose it. Uh, older voters over the age of 60, 59% oppose it. So there's Does anyone no, like it? There's no group that is in favor of it. All the groups are, are opposed to it at this time. Fleming says because McKee has been a vocal supporter of the stadium, it could be problematic for him at the polls, but other issues could overshadow the project in the end. What is the one issue that's going to move the voters from one camp to the other? That we don't know. The poll finds the strongest support for the stadium among Democrats, but even then, only 40% back the project. Among independents, nearly two of three voters oppose the plan. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. Well, Kalis can get that to 60%. The, the, people that, the only people that are in favor of this are the union members that are going to 
This is a gift to labor. This is a 150 to $200 million stadium of which they don't even have a team for it. So that, the numbers could go up. The numbers easily, that, that could be 60% against and certain voters even higher than that. She needs to capitalize on that. Now that is something, there's still time to go here. Dan McKee, granted he's at 45%, but that's, you know, he's not at 55. And she is still an unknown. She needs some things, Ashley Kalis do. She needs some things to break her way. She needs a little bit of luck. She needs something to happen that would cause some of his numbers to go down a little bit. Now that could come out in debates, but he has debated before. He's not a great debater, but we don't know what type of debater she's going to be. And we don't know what type of questions and how. I have been, I was at a forum. This was early on, granted it was in May. And she had a tendency that there were a couple times she just passed on a question. Instead of, to me, could have been a little bit better prepared to answer something. I, I believe there are some issues out there that have not been exploited because they weren't exploited in the Democrat primary. Now, number one. No one wanted to touch on the $3,000 bonuses to state workers. I think that that is an issue that rubs people the wrong way, but it needs to be a focal point. She has brought that out, by the way. She has brought that out. Number two, I think it's worth testing. Massachusetts, they're going to vote on illegals getting a driver's license. By all accounts, that's going to fail. That means there's going to be a flood of people coming in here. Dan McKee is giving them driver's licenses. I think it should be put out there that why isn't why isn't Rhode Island voting on it? Why not get it on the ballot and let people vote on that instead of just him saying we're going to give this in the, in the way this was was passed. People are against this. People you talk to are against this. But right now he's getting a free pass on it. So. 45, 32, 15% undecided. Can he come lower than, I think he can come lower than 45. He is coming out of the uh, the Democrat primary. He is not at 60%. He's not at 55. He's at 45. 45 could become 40. A couple of miscues a month ago. Tuesday is their first to be. Folks, a lot more ahead on this Friday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, the numbers at the border, people that are coming through, getting through, then escaping the United States, it's, it's really overwhelming. Joining us right now, he is Rapid Response Director for the GOP. It's our friend Tommy Pigeot. Tommy, what's the new term that is being used for those that uh, get into the country and just escape? The term is gotaways. Gotaways. Uh, yes, that, that just sort of signifies, you know, people that, the numbers that we have, by the way, are the ones that we know about. So it's people that are actually recorded having crossed the border and escaped, whether a Border Patrol person sees them or they're caught on camera. Uh, yeah, so th- those are referred to as gotaways. And that number is actually a conservative estimate. The 900,000 is that number that have escaped to this country. That's a conservative estimate because those are just the ones that we know about, which is why this is so worrying. I like those gutaways. Kind of like, well, there's, you have stowaways, those that get onto, you know, a ship or a plane or whatever it may be. So these are gutaways. Now, Tommy, 900,000, what's the time frame on that? 
900,000 Godaways have escaped into this country just since Joe Biden took office. How? 900,000. Uh, and for context, that's larger than the population of San Francisco. Yes. 900,000. I mean, wow. it's, it's astonishing. And experts, like I, I, I just mentioned, say that that could actually be two or three times higher because this is just the Godaways we know about, the ones caught on camera, the ones that Border Patrol sees crossing the border. It doesn't include Godaways that cross the border unrecorded. And let me give you an example of how that can happen. So in Del Rio, if you remember last year or a few months ago, uh, Del Rio had that incident where a huge number of illegal immigrants were under that bridge and required huge manpower to process those people uh, at the border. While those people were at the border, 247 miles of the border additional was left unpatrolled. 247 miles. We have no idea who crossed the border over that time period within those 247 miles. And it's concerning because we know for a fact according to Border Patrol, that cartels are dictating where illegal immigrants cross and are apprehended in order to tie the hands of Border Patrol so they can cross the border uh, and escape into this country without being detected. So that 900,000 number that we know about could really be much higher. I mean, it just shows the border is completely wide open. And Tommy, again, um, it's it's such a difference. What, what are some of the, the factors you think are contributing to this? One thing I'll say is President Trump, at the very least... Um, he, he was a deterrent. You know, there was an attitude that they would not be welcomed here, that it was not open, that you'd get deported. That obviously has shifted. What are the factors do you think or do we believe have contributed to this? Well, that factor you just mentioned, it, it, it is a fact. And it is a factor because that's what migrants are telling, Border Patrol are telling news agencies that right now they came because Joe Biden's president, because of Joe Biden's border policies. No one's hiding it at the border. They're literally saying that when they arrive at the border, they're thanking Joe Biden for opening the border. And I think that's a major component of this. I think the second component is really the embracing of these sanctuary cities uh, policies and these Democrat-run cities and the benefits Democrats are trying to give to illegal immigrants when they arrive here. There used to be this consensus, even as uh, you know, uh, under Barack Obama's presidency, that you can't be incentivizing people to come and make this dangerous journey by providing benefits, by signaling that they could stay because it actually endangers people making this journey. Biden has abandoned that consensus. Democrats have completely abandoned it now across the country. So there's this pull factor of all these benefits, these sanctuary city policies, combined with this message from the Biden administration by, as they you know roll back these policies that worked, saying the border's open. So that's really contributing to this. And then the third factor is the cartels along the border have always been there, but they seize every opportunity. And Biden has just handed them a massive one. He's handed them a massive crisis that they can use to profit. So there are these really evil, despicable cartels that are profiting off of, off of all this death and destruction. And Biden's decided to turn his back and look the other way while this is going on. That's exactly right. Folks, he is, again, Rapid Response Director for the GOP. It's Tommy Pichot. Tommy, great job as always. I like that. Get a gutaways, and we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks for having me. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans then J. Perry Paving, call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can also listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Another part of uh, this Channel 12 poll, by the way, the Boston Globe has their poll, polling numbers coming out next week. Be interested to see if it um, if it just mirrors, especially the CD2 race, those numbers between uh, Fung and Magaziner. There's something to be said about the Langevin controversy and that he gave, I think, the uh, the endorsement to Magaziner. 
But when it comes to, is the state moving in the right direction, wrong direction? 34, only 34% feel the state's headed in the right direction. 45% of those polled feel the state's headed in the wrong direction. 9% believe it remained the same. But of that, only 23% of independents feel the state is moving in the right direction. Only 23%. So with independents, more than 50% of the voters feel the state is headed in the wrong direction. Folks, now to me, that is a direct reflection on the policies of Governor McKay. And that is a big number. And that is a number that Ashley Kalis needs to go after. So if you're a state worker, if you're a union member, then you feel, yeah, everything's going great. We're getting bonuses to vote. We're getting expensive projects coming our way that are unnecessary, that are funded by taxpayers. So what Governor McKee is doing is carving out certain, certain members. He's not playing to the majority. He's only playing to those select group that he feels can get him across the finish line. So I think that's very telling. It's very tw telling if of, of unaffiliated voters, which is the largest group, it's larger than Democrats or Republicans, obviously. But only 23% feel the state's moving in the right direction. I mean, think about that. That's 75% of people, of independents, more than that, don't feel that the state is moving in the right direction because it's not moving in the right direction. McKee and Matos, if they get in, if they win, folks, it's, it's going to be more of the same. At, at some point, the federal money is going to dry up these bills are all going to come due. Governor McKee has run a very expensive campaign as far as campaign promises to people. And all those bills are going to come due. And he still hasn't weighed in on, on the tolls. And that needs to be played out. The clock is ticking on that. He wants to continue to hide on that, sit on that, for some time. Now, the debate Tuesday, I'd imagine he's still not going to come out with a decision on that. But that could alter, alter things a little bit. But you have to wonder. Now, also, Ashley Kalis is having a problem with women. She is not polling well with women. And you just wonder if a number of women don't like a businesswoman who comes from the outside who suddenly wants to be the governor. And I think that's an interesting number. You know, she's run these commercials of the, the governor mom. It's an interesting dynamic with some of the female voters. Governor Raimondo had problem with female voters. And for all the talk about, you know, women held back and women promoting women, look in that poll. It's, it's women that were tough on Raimondo. It's women right now that Ashley Kalis, they never talk about that. It's always this stuff about, you know, um, um, you know, men, are in the old boy network and blah 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 right now Ashley Kalis there's two groups that Ashley Kalis needs to bring under the tent one are more female voters and number two are Republican voters Republican voters still don't see that those are the choices it's either going to be McKee or it's going to be Ashley Kalis a number of Republican voters seemingly are still holding out and I don't know who they think they're, they're going to look for Sometimes people sometimes do a protest vote. Sometimes people don't vote. I saw someone on Facebook that said they just write, I mean, talk about egotistical, they just write their own name in every ballot. I mean, what is the point of that? You're not voting. I don't know. You're just going to the polls to just try to, you know, they're just people trying to get attention to themselves for whatever reason. Also, in the race for governor, there are three independents. One is a college student. They're all under 3%. So they're all even under the margin of error, by the way. So uh, if you're at 3% or 2% or 1%, I don't think they should be on the debate stage, but we'll see how that's handled. All right, a lot more ahead. It's Friday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. 
Diagnostic Treatment Service at Med Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, author of The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. We want to welcome to the program, it is author A.J. Rice. A.J., congratulations on The Woking Dead. Brother, what's going on? Brother John, <laughs> great to be here. Fantastic. First of all, tell tell us a little bit about the uh, the background and the making and just how you came about to put this book together. Well, look, uh, we're in, we're engaged in a in a cultural tyranny right now, and we've always had political correctness, and we've always had the nanny state. You know, they're going to snatch the cigar out of your mouth or the salt shaker out of your hands, and you know, it spins up every couple of years. I think the last time it spun up was the uh, Gen X Murphy Brown pantsuit mafia that loved Hillary Clinton in the 90s that were telling us how to think and speak and walk and talk. But now, fast forward to today, I mean, we the, the Woking Dead are everywhere. They're in your sports. They're in your kids' schools. They're in your entertainment. They're canceling people. They're canceling the Founding Fathers with the 1619 Project, right? They're pumping the Me Too movement, making boys, young boys out to be predators, you know, when they're just trying to put the phone down and maybe ask Sally to the dance. So... You know, we're in a war, and if you combine this, this woke tyranny, this cultural tyranny with the medical tyranny we just went through and the financial tyranny that the uh, reanimated corpse in the White House, Joe Biden's pushing on us, uh, you know, we have a, 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 you know, a way to win in November if we can stick to just talking about those three things and not get distracted by shiny baubles like the Republican Party likes to do. Folks, again, we're speaking with author A.J. Rice. The book is The Woking Dead. A.J., I also want you to know, it is, what a sense, it is laugh out loud honey, funny. You you have a you have a, such a great, unique, uh, let me just also ask you this. Where did you develop the sense of humor? When, when did you realize that you had the gift that you could look at something and put it in the comical context that you're able to well, do? Look, I- I'm, I'm the CEO of what is called Joe Pesci conservatism. Okay. <laughs> Straight out of Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, Irish Catholic guy. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to the fancy schools. So I got a little bit of, a little bit of hard scrabble state school guy, went to Penn state, you know, worked my way through college, hanging out on Villanova and temple and, uh, and LaSalle's campus. And, you know, my parents are from Northeast Philly. Uh, and, and look, I think the Republican party being, being a conservative in America, there's no uniform for being a conservative, right? right? So, right. so burn your, burn your bow ties. You know, Tucker took his off. George yeah. will, uh, George will still wears one every once in a while, but this, this is where I come from. I mean, that, you know, I'm, uh, I try to bring humor. I'm a millennial. I'm a geriatric millennial. I'm an older millennial, <laughs> but a millennial nonetheless. And I just think that. Like my old mentor, Andrew Breitbart, used to say, hang a joke on these people. Yeah. Talk about the culture. Then nobody cares who's running for, for Senate in Idaho, you know, because if you can hang a joke on someone, it's way more devastating than, you know, being an, an uptight, uh, Aristote- making an uptight Aristotelian argument, you know? You come right out of the box. And, folks, I want you to understand, it is such a fun, entertaining read. It's the type of book that what I like about it is you can put it down, come back, pick it right up, and just immediately jump into something different that has the same kind of nature of the humor. But I love right out of the box the Joe Biden funeral home president. How would you come up with that? Well, look, I mean, he's he, he's presided over. he got two years of this guy, the, you know, the meat puppet that is dancing to the deep state. I mean, 
as soon as he got elected, the death the death ticker on CNN vanished. <laughs> Probably right. because it was, it was it. somebody hit the hit the pedal to the metal. I mean that we, we you know no one's talking about it right now, but people are still dying. And they're, yes. they're not just dying; they're dying from the virus. They're also dying from the cure to the virus. So you know, and you've got children that are committing suicide because they've been locked in and 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 sort of you know captured. I mean, look, the youth has been captured, and and we're talking Gen Z, but some millennials too. And you know, the Me Too movement made them all predators. Uh, the George Floyd dying made them all racist. Yeah, they're tearing down everything. The virus sends them all home from school. You know, and now they're they already was a generation born with a smartphone in their hands. They already have a hard time being authentically human. So so and now they're they're completely captured. And I think that's what they want. I think it's by design. They send Stephen Gary into the bathroom, the women's locker room. <laughs> Look, I was joking with Ingram, uh, who I was the executive producer for for many years. Uh, and she endorsed the book and uh, you yeah. know, gave a blurb for the book. We we were fighting in the mid two thousands. We were fighting the book. Tommy has two mommies. Right, John, right. Yes. John, Tommy doesn't just have two mommies now. Uh, Tommy's got two daddies, two mommies. Tommy's not even Tommy anymore. That's he's, right. He's, you know, he's uh, Eileen. <laughs> Tommy's two mommies are transitioning to become two two daddies. I love them. Um, how'd you come up with section nine pastimes to hate America? I I I think that is so on the money. It's just gold. Look, I'm a baseball guy. I love the uh, Phillies. I love the Red Sox, the Cubs. You know, I'm an old school guy. Uh, you know, I like baseball towns. I mean, look, I like all sports, right? But, you know, some of these sports, now some have been better than others. The, the NHL doesn't really get, you know, down with some of this craziness. And to, you know, Venus and Serena's credit and Tiger Woods' credit, I don't really hear much coming out of them about, you know, taking it to the man. Um, but look, some of our athletes have turned their profession into a pastime to just rip us. Yeah. And I guess the calculation, and if you're looking at someone specifically, let's take, you know, the dummies, the two dummies, LeBron and, and, and KD, Kevin Durant. I mean, I think their calculation is we can replace the customers here in the United States because, I've got 1.3 billion Chinese to, to fill their seats with. That's right. I mean, I think that's the calculation. And it might go all the way up to Adam Silver, the head of the, the NBA commissioner. It might go all the way up there. I don't know, but it appears that a lot of these corporations that have gone woke, Disney's another one, Nike, Coca-Cola, Levi's, it seems that they're willing to not not take the John and AJ money. They don't want it. They don't want the, the, the audience of this show – it sounds like they're willing to lose them and replace them with the uh, communist foot soldiers in China. Folks, again, we're speaking with author A.J. Rice. The book is The Woking Dead. It is a must-read. It'll be a tremendous holiday gift coming up in just a few months. Our society's Vogue virus destroyed our culture. A.J., I want to go back to Section 1, though. Um, part of... Hunter Biden, white crackhead privilege. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more. This stuff is such gold. I'm surprised I haven't seen more of these type of headlines pop up, up on social media because it's it's so different and it's right on the money. Well, look, I'm, look we try, we're trying to have fun, right? I mean, yeah. what is the definition of comedy, right? To transform uh, horror into humor. And let's face it. I represent Bobby Kennedy Jr. I represent yep. Robert Bork Jr. And I represent... George P. Bush, and I've represented Donald Trump Jr. And if any one of them was caught wearing a fur coat and their tidy whities with cocaine and hookers, the way the current president's son has been caught in a thousand photos that I'm sure they're all photoshopped, John. Yeah, right. Uh, they would they would be strung up. They would be drawn and quartered. They'd be in the clink, you know. And what's the 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 horror, of course, is if forget the celebrity children. There's regular, you know, urban people out there, black, brown, whatever, that get picked up and they're thrown away for decades for doing what Hunter's doing. And we're all laughing about it. And big tech is suppressing it. And it's it's an outrage. So, yeah, he's got white crackhead privilege. <laughs> Folks, again, the book is The Woking Dead. A.J. Rice, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. I'm going to have a link to it on our 
Facebook page. And AJ, that was a, a great plug by Judge Janine for the book on the five. Oh yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, Laura did something similar. I mean, wow. Yeah, I think I'm going to go on with Ingram on TV maybe next week. But no, the judge and I, I mean, she's like my surrogate mother. She uh, she keeps me in line, right? So she knows how to she <laughs> she knows how to keep me moving, right? So we got a new book with her coming out in January. We'll get her on. I know your audience probably loves her. She's a pistol. Oh yeah, no, she is. She is uh, dynamite. She adds a lot to the five. What I also like is you're already establishing this is volume one because I have a feeling. We're going to see not only Volume 2, Volume 4, 5, 6. Uh, I think you've hit gold with well, this. no one's doing this. No, no they are not. Look, right-wingers, there's plenty of right-wing conservative books and libertarian books. But, you know, I, for me, I'm part of the short attention span theater generation. Yeah. And I set the book up so that you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can hop around almost yes. like a music album with track listings, right? Yes. You've got 10, 10 sections, 97 vignettes. Um and look, there was a ton of stuff that we booted out of this thing. Wow. So, so no, we're, we're, we're definitely uh, conceptualizing a volume two down the road. And, and, you know, I would love to be back. But it's a fun read. you got the holidays coming up. you got your liberal brother-in-law or, or nutty, woke nephew <laughs> that's majoring in, you know, underwater lesbian basket weaving. Bring them, bring them a copy. Let them, look, <laughs> let them have some fun with it. You know, it's not a... It's not a, I'm not talking down to people no. or anything. I'm joking, joking around. And, you know, uh, look, it's humor always brings people together. Absolutely. Unless, you know, they're, you're really joyless like the women on The View. That's right. No, folks, it's, I'm telling you, and it's laugh out loud funny. Folks, he's A.J. Rice. A.J., great to talk to you. Congratulations on the book. We'll talk to you again. John, you're a patriot. We love you, brother. Thank you, A.J. The Coincid Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, I'd like to start off just, uh, it's incredible these days how much attention the Supreme Court uh, has gotten and continues to get. And uh, and it's it's a big deal that they are now they are back after the summer, and there's an awful lot of focus and an attention on exactly uh, what the Supreme Court will be focusing on. Well, yes, the media likes to talk about, oh, the public's uh, support for the Supreme Court is down, it's down, it's down. Well, th- if they pound that message home every day, then, you know, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the Supreme Court will continue to soldier on with difficult cases. All they get is the most difficult cases. There's nothing easy that gets up to the Supreme Court. Um, The cases they get are wildly contentious um, and very difficult. And there's, you know, certainly political interest on both sides of any case that they get. Um, The Supreme Court is... um, welcoming a new member, um, Justice Katenji Brown-Jackson, who will likely be a reliable liberal vote on the court, along with Justices Kagan and Sotomayor. Um, The media likes to say it's a very conservative 6-3 court. I see it more of a 5-4 court because Chief Justice Roberts is almost like the swing vote. You never quite know what he's going to do. Um, Amongst the cases that I think are very interesting, uh, one of the cases that the Supreme Court will be taking up early is whether or not uh, racial preferences or racial considerations um, can still be utilized um, by colleges in determining which applicants are accepted. Basically, will affirmative action Uh, be either gutted or severely limited. And one would think, oh, this is, you know, 
talking about minorities who are getting into schools potentially with um, less uh, spectacular uh, academic credentials. But the case that's going to be considered early on, it's a case that Asian students or Asian applicants uh, have sued Harvard University, amongst others, uh, saying that, wait a minute, you're discriminated against us. We, many Asian applicants are clearly um, worthy of acceptance. And Harvard's position, if I can put it in general terms, we have too many Asians or there's too many good Asian um, applicants. We've got to diversify our um, student body. So sorry, even though you're some of the best applicants, some of you won't make the cut so we can fill other spots with maybe less deserving applicants, but applicants who serve our interests in a diversified student body. What will the Supreme Court do with that? Um, It's an interesting case because it's not the normal racial preference um, subject that we think about or hear about quite a lot. This is a racial group or an ethnic group, whatever you'd like to call it, who is... um, too good and that the applicants are too good That's and right. they've got to be um, weeded out so that lesser folks can be accepted in terms of academic qualifications, let's say lesser only in terms of their um, application credentials, I should say. What will they do with that? Who knows? Um, there's another interesting case that's coming up about um the Clean Water Act and how far the government can extend its authority. Um, you know, certainly the government has an interest in um, the quality of water in uh, reservoirs, aquifers, streams, etc. But California is attempting to expand the ability of the uh, federal government to regulate. Um, lands and activities well away from an actual water source. And that case was uh, discussed at the Supreme Court. And the justices seem to have a real problem with what the government was attempting to do. Now, certainly, we all have an interest in clean water, and the Clean Water Act is um, ostensibly for that purpose. But it really becomes an issue of um, governmental overreach. And has the federal government been overreaching in its attempts to police, you know, areas under its jurisdiction and go too far? Um, There's other cases that will be coming up. Um, I think there'll be refinements on certain um, gun cases. The Supreme Court recently Um, determined that the Trump era uh, bump stock um, legislation or executive order um, was unconstitutional and flipped what the Trump administration had done regarding bump stock um, weapons. Uh, There's going to be a multitude of cases that will create um, a lot of press coverage a lot of dissension, a lot of protests, just like every other year. There's nothing on the the court's docket like the the abortion case, which, you know, roiled the nation last year. But um, they've got a very aggressive agenda. And it's interesting that uh, Justice uh, Katenji Brown-Jackson, many times a new justice will kind of take it all in and be a little bit more circumspect. But she jumped right in with asking questions, making her points, being very um, activist, if you will, from the bench, which I think is um, a a sign of things to come, that she is not going to this um, stand by. She's going to be a very vocal um, Uh, justice to support her uh, point of view on any case that comes before her. And I think whatever she has to say um, will be treated very favorably and she'll get a lot of attention in the press. Tim Dodd, as much as um, sometimes Mitch McConnell gets criticized, you know, there's a big dust up, some of the comments made from 
former President Trump towards Mitch McConnell. Uh, in the end, McConnell, you know, know, knew how to maneuver to get people onto the court, knew that that was the, the final say. And as much as people may complain, this talk about, you know, they want to expand the court and everything else. Right now, I mean, the, that, was, that was no small feat of Mitch McConnell knowing what it took to get certain people approved and onto the Supreme Court. Well, yes, Donald Trump, uh, former President Trump, is getting a lot of, um, I think, negative press coverage, and he deserves the negative press coverage <clears throat> for attacks that he makes against uh, Mitch McConnell and Mitch McConnell's wife, which I don't even know why President Trump is going there. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me, but... As far as getting justices on the Supreme Court, Mitch McConnell is a shrewd, crafty inside player. He's yep. been in Washington forever. He knows the ropes. He knows what to do. And when he's carrying your water as president, he's the greatest because he yep. knows how to get it done. And when he's not doing exactly what you would like him to be doing, then um, presidents such as President Trump um, lash out against him. Mitch McConnell, you're right, John, is almost exclusively responsible for, number one, keeping Merritt Garland off the Supreme Court, which I think history has shown was a great move um, in terms of the qualifications of Merritt Garland and how he may have proceeded had he made it to the Supreme Court. Um, Mitch McConnell is really almost exclusively responsible for getting uh, President Trump's three picks onto the court um, against lots of opposition, yeah. a hostile press, yeah. um, negative media coverage, but he got the job done. Um, and if, if you like those three picks that Trump got on the court, then that is... Um, uh, Mitch McConnell's positive legacy. If you're a person who is not uh, enamored of those three choices, then obviously you would assign the blame to Mitch McConnell, but he knows how to get things done. I mean, and he will continue to do so whether the public likes what he's doing or not. He's the master maneuver. He knows the rules. He is the best inside player. Um, for let's say a more conservative point of view in the Senate. There's a reason that he's, you know, the minority leader in the Senate. And if they should flip the Senate, he'll be the majority leader because yeah. he's a crafty, shrewd, longtime political insider. He knows how to get it done. Yeah. Much, much more effective than some of the other people the president has in his orbit. Uh, put it yes. that way. Folks, quick, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. 